Hello and welcome to the UCLH COVID update. This week we're joined by Dr Lisa Monaghan and Jane Keat to talk about staff psychological support and what the teams have been doing to support us during this period. Really, really thank you very much both of you for coming. I thought maybe you could just let us know who you are and what your job role is and what you've kind of been doing during this whole very unusual time of COVID at UCH. So I'm Dr Lisa Monaghan. I'm a clinical psychologist and head of the Staff Psychology and Welfare Service. So we existed before COVID and we will exist after COVID, but we've changed a little bit of what we do in order to address the differing staff needs during this pandemic. Hi, and I'm Jane Keep. And during this COVID crisis, my role has changed. I'm now the new head of staff engagement and experience for the Trust. And I've also been semi-redeployed to doing different work during this time as well, such as food distribution for uh, free meals for staff and uh, helping with the respite centre. If you recognised in a colleague that you, you felt like a colleague was struggling, is there any advice that you'd give about how you'd approach that? You know, I know, Jane, we were talking a lot about debriefs, weren't we, and huddles, and that as a team, that's really important time to kind of, at the beginning of the day, set up expectations. So that already reduces anxiety and worry, especially if you've been redeployed into a new area. So you can check things out then and there as well. But also to say, you know, maybe you did have a really awful journey in. I know I'm struggling on the tube. There's not enough of them, and then they're really crowded, and people yeah. are getting quite tense on them now because they're worried about catching COVID. And, but to be able to just say, you know what, yeah, my journey in today wasn't great, and you've left it then, and you can get on with your day. But then at the end of the day, to be able to check in with each other and say, you know what, it was a bad day, or actually, you know, it was a really good day, because we are having those as well. We are having successes, it isn't all bad, and people are rising to the challenge, and in some, you know, really enjoying the redeployment, and the opportunities that's yeah. given, and the connections with people they would never normally connect with. And, uh, and so there are you know, many sides to our COVID story as a trust. And it's just difficult sometimes when you start feeling really stressed and down because it just kind of puts blinkers on and all you can see is the bad parts of it or how you're feeling. So it's about checking in with each other and being brave. You know, it's okay to turn around to someone and say, oh, you know, are you doing all right today? You seem a bit down. And it's don't be afraid to say that you care and that you're worried because it's better to say that and for somebody to get help. You know, even if you just turn around and say, oh, I didn't realise we had a staff psychology service. I didn't realise, oh, look at this poster. They've yeah. got apps, they've got YouTube, they've got this. Oh, I, I haven't been to one of the groups. Have you? There haven't been as many people, for example, commuting and and people have felt quite, I guess, secure here, but as businesses start going back mm. to normal and the ability to sort of socially distance will become harder, it might be a, a period where people start to feel a bit anxious. I think everybody's just generally been feeling anxious from the start of this throughout it, and that will continue. And I think what we just need everyone to know is that it's normal. It's really normal to feel anxious. It's normal to feel stressed during this time and this sort of situation. And, you know, it's normal to not sleep very well right now or to have very vivid dreams. And these are all things I think people can then start to start worrying about. And then the worry becomes a problem and it heightens the anxiety. So I just want to really reassure everybody that, you know, everybody is feeling like this at the moment. Everybody is really uncertain and we have to all just kind of monitor ourselves because actually that's OK, that's normal and it will pass. And there's lots of things in the trust at the moment if you're in that you can drop into one to ones and chat with someone like myself. 
or there's groups on a lot of the um, wards as well, especially in some of the other respite areas, as well as the Welcome Respite Centre, where you can come and talk to the rest of your colleagues because everybody is feeling the same. And sometimes you just don't get the chance to recognise that you're going through the same thing. And just having that little conversation can really help. But if these sorts of symptoms persist, if they go on, especially if they're longer from a month, where you're having really intrusive thoughts or a lot of nightmares or flashbacks to certain things around your work or anything else that might be going on like that, that you're finding very distressing, then that really is the time to come and see somebody like myself on a one-to-one -one basis. And there's loads of ways that people can do that. So at the moment, my service, you can email my service and it is better to email us right now than call because the lines are very busy. But also if out of hours somebody wanted to talk, we've got Care First, which is an employee assistance program. And again, there's a number that people can call and talk to a counsellor there or get welfare or financial advice. Um, so there is a lot of there, a lot on offer for staff. And these are confidential spaces. These are confidential sessions with somebody that is qualified and there to really support you. Check our website on MyUCLH because there's loads of resources on there that can help people. We've also got a YouTube channel and so you can watch videos that will help as well. There's lots of redeployment, lots of people are doing yeah. lots of different things and how can we recognise in ourselves when is the right time to seek some assistance or seek some help? I think if you've got any question at all that you might need to talk to someone or that something is worrying and distressful, that's the right time. You don't need to wait. Don't wait. Because if you come to me and you say, oh, this is going on and we talk it through and you only need that hour session, then that'll be fine. We'll leave it at that. And you can come back another time when maybe you still feel stressed or anxious again. But if you come and talk to me and we find out that actually things are a bit difficult for you right now, then you can come and have more sessions and get rid of all that distressing, that anxiety, all of the stress so that it doesn't build up because that's what we don't want to happen is for people to just put it off put it off and things get more and more entrenched more and more embedded and it's harder to kind of get back to your normal whatever our new normals are going to be but it's about getting that opportunity now take it now don't feel guilty about taking it for yourself and I think we all of our health professionals we get a bit oh no yeah. we're all right we've got our armor and we can get on with it most of the time we can, but these are extraordinary circumstances. And I think a lot of staff do feel guilty and think they're taking away time from other people that are more in need. But actually, we're all in need. So come and ask for help while you can and get it while you need it, because then you can carry on and live your life without worry, without distress and get the right help at the right time. The one thing as well is I, I get a lot of people saying, oh, I think I'm going to be really traumatised or I'm going to develop PTSD. And I think that, again, when you're self-monitoring, you might well have some symptoms uh, that could be classed as PTSD, but it's the length of time these things go on for. And actually, everyone will be stressed and will have certain symptoms when they're you know, in the acute phase of this pandemic but it's about whether they persist or not and that's when you really need to get help so don't start worrying about what might be think about how you're doing now take action to help yourself now and if you do have any of these things persistently come and talk to one of me and my team just following on from what lisa has said in relation for instance for the check-ins that's also for all our many staff who are working from home whether they're shielding or whether they're working from home by rotation or for whatever means they're working from home, the check-in is equally as important. And we wanted to really encourage people to check in, even if it's with a buddy or, or a colleague, if not 
a group of colleagues at the end of the day, at the beginning of the day as well. And you find that you can nip things in the bud very easily and also people don't end their day and take things to their sleep or their bed, as it were. So I'd like to consider also all our brilliant colleagues who, for whatever reason, are not actually working inside the hospital at the moment, but they're doing great work if they're working from home because they're shielded and everything else. And we super appreciate them. And, and they're also included in the service office that, that Lisa says, because they can by remote access any of the psychology or other services that are available as well. Um, added to what you were also saying about the other sides of COVID, the level of appreciation and thanks to everyone is is immense. Now, normally we would have something like our Celebrating Excellence Awards each year, but how can you thank, you know, 8,000 staff or whatever? They certainly wouldn't fit in one hotel room. So we're looking at how we can thank, appreciate, um, learn from everything that we've done and, and, and recognize the level of flexibility, adaptability, agility, teamwork that has taken place. But we're also really interested to hear how you would like us to celebrate. Uh, well, perhaps it's more of a thank you. There'll be a time to celebrate at some point, but ha how we can do our thank yous in a way that recognizes everybody. And added to that, sadly, we have had a few colleagues who have died in service and there's something around how we memorialise and commemorate the loss there too and, and respect and honour all of their friends and colleagues and families as well. So there's a, there's a lot of considerations, not just for those who are busy working, but for the situations that have occurred during this time and for those who are not necessarily in our visual gaze but who are working um, off-site. And what, we, what we're trying to do at the moment is we've got a staff survey and it is completely confidential although staff can choose to be followed up and we really would like more people to be involved with us long term thinking about well-being and how to embed more staff well-being initiatives in the trust. But there's a poster that's gone out and we've got little business cards and there's a QR code on it. So staff just need to look at that with their smartphone and it takes them straight to the link and they can just fill it in and tell us how they're doing and what support they might need. And we're going to really use that to strategically look at what else we can do. I think the response to what's happened from, you know, the support from the general public and local businesses has been really, really fantastic and has made the nurses feel and doctors and everyone else that works are really, really valued. How has all that kind of happened and what businesses get in touch with you to see what support they can provide? It's been absolutely amazing, the generosity of uh, that's come from all corners. Um, and what's also been amazing is the partnership working that different companies and businesses are now all working together with us and with each other. We had offers from anonymous philanthropists who provide chilled meals. For instance, they've been doing about one and a half thousand chilled meals for us every day for weeks on end. And I think over 30,000 across London. We've had places like Greg's and all sorts of other companies that have offered lots of donated support. Our fundraising team have engaged with other companies like Leon and uh, other places who are also supporting and donating food. So it's been a really a big piece of work. I, I never realised how much it yeah. took to, to organise and distribute food and donations than I do now yeah. across a big hospital. All of a sudden there were fridges everywhere yeah. and new microwaves and all that sort of stuff to kind of, I mean, the logistics must have been incredible. Yeah, and the fundraising team, Carol and her team, um, were have been amazing at doing that, as has 
there have been charitable donations to buy the fridges and the microwaves as well. So we've been very, very supported. Yeah, and I think the offers weren't just for practical things that, that come through Jane's team, but we were really overwhelmed by the amount of offers coming from psychologists and therapists and psychiatrists from within the trust, but also externally. And actually, it's, it's been a job and a half just trying to manage how to meet the need and the offers coming in to really support staff appropriately. So, yeah, overall, I think the response from the general public and also, you know, other clinicians and professionals has just been, it's been really touching. Uh, just like to add the welcome center where we have the respite mm. center their offer has been second to none and obviously they're working in partnership with us now but to offer up a whole floor of the welcome trust which yeah. is opposite the Euston station at this time and many of their staff who are now volunteering because they're open from seven till seven every mm. single day has been phenomenal everything is extremely mm. well organized it's a beautiful space. It's, you know, it's light, it's airy, it's everything you want to go to when you want to just relax. And they've given us pretty much like a well-being wing at one end where staff can go into rooms and click on links we put in there to access physical and mental health activities. So mindfulness, relaxation, but also workouts and yoga, because we know there's a really intrinsic link between your physical health and your mental health. And right now there's a lot of people who just can't go to the gym, which would be their normal daily routine of self-care and actually we're trying to think at what we can offer to really help people at this time even just little things can really make a difference. What I'm currently looking at with a number of colleagues across the trust is what we do for step down so as soon as welcome need to have their building back um, we realize that this has been quite an intense period of time and that it's not just a sudden change for our staff so I'm looking at potential other spaces we could use as both temporary respite spaces and more permanent respite spaces just to see what the general offer is for staff experience across the trust. So more news will come when we have a bit more information. There was one other thing to add and that is food. I know I mentioned earlier um, that we've had the most amazing distribution um, and uh, generosity of food coming with all sorts of meal offers and as I say through the fundraising team and through uh, Le Express and other areas within our own uh, trust, uh, Stephanie's team and all sorts of people have helped with that offer and the volunteers as well. And thank you to all the volunteers um, around uh, the trust for everything they've been doing. But what everyone will know uh, for sure is that businesses will start to open up and when they open back up we will obviously step down the free food offers um, particularly because some of those businesses will need to then focus on their own businesses so there will start to be a step change in the coming weeks um, so keep an eye out for that and also keep an eye out for the joy that uh, some of the businesses around us are reopening and it's probably our time to show our support to them when they've mm -hmm. supported us as well and I suppose one of the things that we're working on together are the Wellbeing Champions and Wellbeing Leads initiative. Um, because what we would like is to have people that are leads for wellbeing in all of the divisions and teams so that we've got one body that we can use as a conduit really between staff services and the team so that we can give information about what's going on and, um, and the, you know, from the grassroots we can get information of what's needed. Yeah, because I guess like the coming months, you know, every team will have its own challenges about mm. what's, you know, the return to, you know, do things return to normal in some sense? Do they do things stay very different from what was previously done? And how, how is that its impact on the staff that work there will be 
Yeah, I think there's a real varied experience across the teams at the moment. But even within an individual team, people will react differently. Some people, you know, will you know be more resilient than others for multiple reasons. And you know, and I think that there's lots of discussions within the mental health network actually around that people that are you know because of their lived experience have felt very isolated, have had to go through you know therapy and get help for their mental health issues, and actually are all the stronger for it, and actually. Can be a real support to staff around them that haven't had to go through that, haven't been through that before. So I think everybody just needs to accept that they will have their own experience and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's about just acknowledging when that experience becomes too distressing for you and you need a bit more support. <laughs>